0: November 25th, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show. from Peter Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Brother Matt is up in uh, Joshua Tree, because Meat Puppets are playing uh, Peppy and Harriet's, yeah, Kirk Kirkwood, uh, Austin resident for the last bunch of years. And uh, I'm not man alone here in Pedro because of the wondrous genius of those Estonian software engineers who came up with Skype. I got Mr. Paul Leary with me from Austin. Welcome aboard, Paul. Hello, Mike. It's good to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. And you got uh, well. We're going to talk about this project guy called Cocky Bitches uh, later on. But uh, let let me tell people what what they just heard: Uh, John Coltrane doing Little Old Lady, and then Cocky Bitches with Humper. Um, Paul, what's your earliest musical recollection?
1: Well, it uh, it was, I'm not sure if it was music or not, but my parents bought me a little 45 vinyl single of uh, Little Black Sambo that had part one on the A side and part two on the B side, and I wore that thing out. And I don't know if that was musical or not, but then I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan in 64, and that's when I demanded my parents buy me a guitar.
0: Wow. So there was no instruments in the, they were more listeners than not players? Yeah, my parents were school teachers and accountants. Okay, so there's like no instruments around the pad. So there was a piano and a a pump
1: melodeon, but oh, really? Play piano, did you know? Who who played the piano? Your ma, your pop, my sister. My sister did. She never got very good at it. And did, did you get the lesson thing? yeah i had a really mean guitar teacher when i was six years old and you know some gray-haired guy with a mustache that would just berate me for not practicing enough and not having strong (laughs) enough
0: hands but you didn't have to uh you didn't have to take piano lessons
1: no i tried that once and it just it didn't work
0: yeah a lot of people if they had piano lessons young some people almost driven away from music because such bad experiences
1: yeah, it was, it's like going
0: to Catholic school. <laughs> okay, so you're like six years old. You see the Beatles. You wanna, you want a guitar. So, and it was one of those things. Like, if we get you a guitar, you got to take lessons, and that's where the mustache man. How, how long did you have to endure that?
1: Well, it, the first thing they bought me was a five dollar toy guitar. And, uh, <laughs> oh,
0: like fishing line string. <laughs>
1: Yeah, i played i played the hell out of it until it disintegrated and then they bought me a real acoustic guitar and i i got my lessons on that okay and i played it so much that that they broke down finally and got me an electric guitar when i was seven years old shit and an amp yeah it was a kalamazoo guitar and a kalamazoo amp
0: oh wow yeah yeah all right like kind of the gibson epiphone I seen Yeah, it was, it was
1: expensive at the time because most kids, when they got an electric guitar, they got one that cost forty nine dollars from Sears, and mine cost ninety nine dollars, and the amp was an, an extra fifty dollars. So that was that was high dollar okay, back yeah, then. Yeah,
0: kind of spendy, fancy. Uh, me and Boone, D- yeah, ours were uh, what did the Tesco? They were fifteen dollar pawn shop babies. But you know, yeah, you know, in those days, I try to explain to younger people how it was. Music was way more separated from. Uh, it's way more easy accessible now, I think, than the, uh, our earlier days. D- d- okay, Little Black Sambo was uh, the first record you got. But what what was the first record you bought yourself? Well, I, when I was in junior
1: high school, I was I would listen to FM radio on the headphones at night while my parents slept. And one night they played Whole Lot of Love, you know, Led Zeppelin, and yeah. Uh, man, I, that, I didn't sleep that night I woke up early and skipped school the next day and took a bus to the mall and went to the record store to buy Led Zeppelin two and
0: yeah.
1: God damn it it was like, it was $5.99 and all I had was $5 I didn't have enough money to buy the record and I was really upset like who charges this much for a record this is, <laughs> you know, sacrilege and so I had to come home and skip school again the next day so that I could, you know have enough money to buy Led Zeppelin too, but that was my first. Okay. Can you remember the first gig you went and saw? Grand Funk Railroad with Bud (laughs) Rock. I got... Bud Rock, I (laughs) remember. We we got kicked out by the... You know, first thing I did was I loaded up a canteen with whiskey, you know, that I stole from my dad, and and I had my dad drop us off at the back of the arena so that me and Flavio could jump the fence to get in, and, and we got, you know, kicked out by the police. And I got kicked out by my... By the police at my first two concerts You know, Grand <laughs> Funk And the Creedence Clearwater Revival Was next Ah, you got to see Creedence No, you didn't They got yeah. kicked out <laughs> Got kicked out But I saw most of the concerts Before Oh, I got you did get out. to see
0: Okay, okay, that's great I saw Grand Funk Railroad With uh, Jay Giles But Jay Giles blew them away Oh, well, what year was that? Uh, sometime in the early 70s 73 or something Like 72 or Something like that uh, Yeah, gr- Jay, I mean, Jake Ives wasn't that good on the record. I'm sorry. Grand, Grand Funk was uh,
1: with Blood Rock in 72. That was the concert that I saw. Okay. And they, were, they were outstanding. Blood
0: Rock was a good band, too. Uh, Jake Ives wasn't too good on album, but they were really good at the gigs. Like, Black Oak, Arkansas was like that. Their album's kind of corny and funny, but but get live, they were an incredible band. Yeah,
1: I saw Black Oak, Arkansas uh, live at the. Sunken Garden Amphitheater in San Antonio, and they probably smashed thirty guitars during their show. Right, and they
0: had like three guitar. Play- Didn't they have one guy who played like electric twelve string or something?
1: They had everything, and
0: they were they, and they and they, uh, were very,
1: and they were in their destruction of guitars.
0: And uh, guitar- uh, the guitar, sl- the guys would uh, do doleys with slides. The uh, the lead guitar guys, and then Jim Dandy had a fucking washboard. <laughs> yeah you're talking southern rock man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay but they were pretty wild they they were a good gig i remember and they would do gigs here that were festivals so you weren't assigned a seat they were only kind of like free form johnny winter would be like that too so uh what about at school did you get involved with like the choir or the, the marching band or the jazz band or shit like that well, you know, I played
1: stage band in, in high school, which meant playing all kinds of cool swing songs yeah, and yeah. Latin and all that kind of crap and off of charts that were written by trumpet players and whatnot, so it was <laughs> always a talent to try to figure out the notes and the chords. Oh, it yeah, because of-
0: B-flat, knee-flat horns. Yeah,
1: it made it unnecessarily difficult, so you had to like learn stuff that you spend the rest of your life trying to forget. <laughs>
0: totally about that uh so but and but you got to play well like you were doing acoustic guitar no electric guitar oh, okay electric you were doing of stage but okay i got i
1: got to play in my first rock band when i was uh in elementary school how'd that happen like 19 in like 1965 uh, they had uh, talent shows at my elementary school and so the first year, I, I teamed up with an older kid and we played "Satisfaction" by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. At the end of the song, I, I kept playing and wouldn't stop. And he like waved his hand in front of my eyes like I was in a daze or something, and everyone <laughs> laughed. And, and uh, so that was a little embarrassing. But I got my revenge the next year when uh, I formed a band and he had a band and we had a battle of the bands and, and we just kicked their ass we and tore them mop- up. Mop- yeah,
0: good. I want to play uh, "Free the People" here, okay?
2: Everybody's ringing the bell Do me a favor Open the door
3: Amen.
0: Like for Pedro Show. Yep, that's cocky bitches doing Free the People. Then brand new from uh, Rotterdam, uh, Netherlands. Stoma with actual reality. Petra Hayden, the acapella version of Let Him In. Citizen Claim out of Canada with House and Nail. Chrome, Helios Creed. Incredible cat. Fukushima, Nagasaki, pussy riot. After that, with nightmares. Still, houseplants from Glasgow with strap on, and finally, cocky bitches with rocket, which is not the. Uh... Yeah, he spells. He spells it different than uh, the Herbie Hancock. <laughs> How does Herbie spell it? I, th- I think with an I. With an I. Yeah, it was one of those. It was weird, kind of robot-y kind of sound. <laughs> Something in the nineties. Yeah, we're we're more about the real rockets, man. <laughs> okay, Rocket Eighty Eight, uh, uh, Ike Turner, right? Incredible cat. So, so uh, did that band at the that beat the you know, the cat who waved his hand in front of your face? Uh, did they have a name? Hey, we were the called the crowd pleasers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jesus. And that was not my idea. Yeah,
0: I know. I was talking to Mark Stewart. You know, where'd you get this name, the Pop Group? And he goes, "Cause that's what we wanted to be." And I was like, he wasn't laughing. I was like, "What? Well, that's a pretty good name." <laughs> yeah. You don't remember those guys? They're like from the late seventies in England. The, the Pop—they were big influence on Minuteman. Kind of the band that uh, I don't know. Mixed uh, big boys too. You could tell. Kind of uh, funky. Yeah. I think our very first show in California
1: was opening up for for Minuteman and Big Boys.
0: Absolutely, it was at the Grandia Room on
1: Melrose. The, you remember? I, I remember. Yeah. I remember like it D- was. D Boone was bouncing up and down, and the stage was actually coming apart at the ste- at the seams. Right. I, I I remember
0: that gig like it was last night. Okay. I remember Gib at the end of the night had a giant jar of Vaseline. He goes, "We're going to have fun." Uh, there was a big party a couple blocks away. Uh, they turned that place into like a new wave place later on called Martini Lounge. But it, in those days, <clears throat> it was a Mexican chow pad. And yeah, it wasn't really built that strong. D Boone almost went through the... He did go through the stage in a satiricon in Portland. Kept playing. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> it didn't stop playing. But that was such a great game. Uh, you you guys... You had... Uh, two, it was you and Gibb, of course. But then there was two other cats that didn't stay on. One... Uh, the Eskimo, Quinn the Eskimo
1: just... Yeah, there was Quinn the Eskimo
0: what? And then his, his brother uh, Scott Matthews Yeah, I'm talking to Paul right now We're on the air, so thank you I got a hold of him, he was just a couple minutes late It's his first Skype interview ever, so don't worry Yeah, that's okay, but not on the phone, because he's on right now, and we're talking, okay? okay? so You can jump on. If you know about Skype, you can jump on. It'll be like a, I, I don't know, a clusterfuck. Okay. There's a thing. It says join in or some shit in, in the top of the menu bar, and, but let me get back to Paul. You can do it. It's easy. It's right there. Okay. Right ah. okay. It's the other dudes in the band, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, they, they really
1: are excited to talk to you. Yeah,
0: no, no problem, no problem. So, um, <coughs> okay. I did the
1: sound check to that show that we were talking about in yeah. the ground room. I met uh, uh, Robo from Black Flag. That's right. And I was, hung out with him, and I was just like, oh, my God, I'm hanging out with one of the biggest rock stars in the world. You know, I just couldn't believe my fortune. You know, we just left Texas, and next thing you know, we're opening up for the Minutemen and hanging out with Robo and it's just like wow that's that's it. Just go to
0: California. Do you know there's a documentary coming he's living in New Jersey now. He has a family and everything, but uh there's a these Columbia, you know that's where he's originally from was Columbia, right? He, he ran away right. from he ran away from the Colombian army. That's why they, he had to leave the band because uh uh he couldn't no passport. So when black really? flag, yeah, so when flag started torn in England, he couldn't go. He did the first time, but then he had to go, uh, uh you know, through Mexico or say so. he just say it was all tangled up. Anyway, these these cats from his home country, Colombia, are making a documentary of them. because they're very proud. You know, nobody really knows that the, yeah, the black flag guy was from Colombia. You know, he's a great cat too. I love that man. He's a guy who actually put the pickup in Greg's uh, Dan Armstrong. You know, he put the DiMarzio in there with the, like, loose plastic and then wired the cable right into like this 20-foot cable. Yeah, us guys, me, Dee me, Boone, Chuck, Greg, we had a big problem with the, our sweat. It would, like, really destroy the electronics on our basses and guitars. We had foul chemistry or something <laughs> So, <laughs> and, uh, is your uh, band members there uh, with us now?
4: Yes, uh, this is Baroness. Okay.
5: And Sam, and Sam from, uh, Sam and Camless.
4: Okay. And Paul, you still there?
0: Or did we lose Paul? Oh, I can't hear Paul. Yeah, I can't hear oh, Paul. Oh,
6: he, he said he got put on hold after a while. So let me, oh, he's on hold.
0: <laughs> well, he should, he should come on. Uh, well, how did you meet? Pa- let's let's talk to you. Guys. He, he 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 can join us.
5: Okay. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm writing him that now.
0: Okay. Yeah, use the chat, but you could you could write on there. Uh, okay. Um, how did you meet Paul, Sam and Baroness? Uh,
4: well, um. Well. We approached him to produce a song for us, and he liked it a lot. It was uh, four track recordings that Sam and I had put together in Florida, and then I uh, moved to I moved to Austin with Sam, and he suggested that we. He knew how much I liked the Butthole Surfers, and uh, so he suggested we take him to Paul because he was local, and um, so we approached him with one song, and he. He got in touch with us and invited us over to his house, and the rest is history.
7: Okay. And we all hit it off so well. And, we uh, did it
4: off really well. And uh, so started jamming. What
0: was going to be just him helping with one tune turns into a whole proj? Yes. yes yeah.
3: Definitely.
4: And we ended up wanting to, we were recording. Sam and I had been recording on a, on a little track and had spent a lot of time in an empty house. Um, getting the sounds and everything with the wooden floor and um, and he liked him so much that uh, he ended up kind of wanting to join in and uh, that was a dream come true
0: whoa and he's got a studio in his pad huh? it says he's uh calling me right now Paul you there yeah okay Paul see uh, now they can't hear me they gotta they gotta jo- there's a way to uh, joining in. Right, well, whatever, uh, whatever we, we got to do. I
1: don't, I, I don't know. I, I think I got put on hold there for a minute. You bit.
0: did when I went over to your call, and th- then it put them on hold. But there is a way where all of us can talk. But shit, I don't know how to do it. Anyway, they told me how they met you. That they they came from Florida and they moved to Austin, and then uh, big butthole f- uh, surfer fans, and uh, so they give you a tune to produce, but you want to do more than just produce. You want to be part of the pride.
1: Yeah, I kind of wormed my way into the band for better or worse.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, let's go back to the the buttholes. How did you uh, how that band get together? Because I don't really know the story.
1: Well, I, I was going to Trinity University with uh, Gibby, and we had a common interest in music, and we started listening to you know, particularly bands like Meat Puppets. And it's like, hell, we can do this, you know. And <laughs> I think the first Meat Puppet song I heard, I heard was. Uh, Called Out in the Gardener. Oh yeah. Out in the Gardener. And it was just mayhem. I mean, there was no structure or anything. It was like a tornado. Yeah, like, Wah! like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. We I played think... a couple we played a couple of art galleries in San Antonio and then decided we were ready for the big time, and that's when we drove out to California and opened up for Minutemen. And
0: did that you gig. Know. Okay. Did you guys ever have another name? Uh, Ashtray heads. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we had
1: a bunch of names back in the old days. I, I think, uh, the Vodka Family Winstons. We changed, we changed our name every week. We were never the Butthole Servers until one night, uh, Chris Gates from the Big Boys introduced yeah. us to the Butthole Servers. He didn't know what we were that night, so he called us by the one song he could remember, and we got like 50 bucks at the end of the night,
0: and so he was like, hell yeah, we're keeping this name. Chris was the bass man, right? Yes. Yeah. Good band, Big Boys. I remember that gig. You know, I played with Tim Kerr recently. He he goes to schools and paints murals and stuff. And we do, oh, good job. Yeah, we do jams with the fifth graders and shit. He's, he's still he's got a good heart, man. Tim Kerr's good people. Um, damn, I'm sorry about you, uh, the other two people getting scissored like that. There's there's got to be a way though that we can get a three way. Uh,
1: well, uh, you're talking to the wrong dude for technology. Yeah, I know, and I know, I should know, but... I'm a little fuzzy anyway. I had, the, I had that laser lens research, uh, surgery done on my eyeballs uh, about Did it a week work? ago. Did so it I'm work? seeing all fuzzy now.
0: Does it work? Oh, you, you don't think it's going to work?
1: Well, it's it made my eyes better, but you know I went from wearing glasses to now I have no glasses, and so I'm, I'm fuzzy. So I'm probably going to have to get glasses again, but with a different prescription.
0: Okay, because you know I've yeah, heard it, I've heard people laser
1: say laser I, I go in for laser surgery and they give me the volume, you know, and I'm turned into jello, and then they take me to the laser room. It's like oh, the laser's broken. Uh, you want to reschedule, or do you want to do it the old fashioned way with the scalpel? So I went with the scalpel and oh. I had a guy cutting on my eye with a scalpel.
0: Oh, that's what I heard, yeah. you know, because some people have recommend to me you got to do this. Why you won't have to wear glasses again? But then I've heard a lot of times it don't work. Well, I, my
1: vision was getting bad, you know. I was getting, you know, I, got, I couldn't even read street signs with glasses and stuff like that. So it's a lot better, but uh, I have a problem with one of my eyes, and so it's never going to be all the way. Stigmatism. I know some physical problem with the backside of my eyeball lining. Okay. And they had a name for it, I can't remember what it is. But
0: okay, well, look—we're at the end of the first hour of uh, November twenty-five, two thousand eighteen. Watt for Pedro Show special guest, cocky bitches, Paul Airey here. Hold tight for hour two. November twenty-fifth, two thousand eighteen. It's the second hour. The Watt for Pedro Show. Yeah. <laughs> for Pivro Show, we start off the second hour with Cocky Bitches doing Ela Mar- Mora. We have to check with Baroness about that because uh, I think she came up with the title. Then Kevin Loop with Witch Brigade. No, Witch Bridges. Sorry. Uh, the Milo Man, brand new, from uh, Zagreb, Disappear. Main title sequence from Morgan Delt. King Champion Sounds. King Champion Sounds. Red Lines and Dead Lines, Tashiwada and Yoshiwada, that's father, son, and friends. Ground, Dan Jones with Real Cool Couple, and finally Jump, Jane Crow. Cocky bitches. Okay, so, now you got a studio in your pad, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, because they Uh, they were telling me they were like working on some little four track or something, and then you said, hey, bring the thing in.
1: Yeah, we uh, we recorded the Cocky Bitches Mercy album at our rehearsal space in Austin. I had a one of those mobile Pro Tools rigs, and I would just take it in every day and and just hit the record button and record for three hours a day, and did that for several years, and then just pulled the gems out of there. Oh, so you've
0: been working on this a while? Yeah, long time. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, oh, so. Oh, so. Yes, from all the jams, yeah, you had to like the, what's that, the chaff, wheat from the chaff or something. You know, uh, double nickels on the dime, we had four sides, right? So side D, side Georgie, side Watt, and then for the fourth side, we called it side chafe, (laughs) like the shit. yeah. (laughs) That, no, because we didn't know how to put 45 songs in order, so we thought everybody would yeah. pick the best songs for their sides, and then what was left over would go on to the fourth side. <laughs> you know, Ethan James mixed that motherfucker one night. Yeah, yeah, that's the way, how he did it back then. Yeah. I mean, they were little songs.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> been years working on something, and it doesn't make it any better.
0: You know, I, I'll tell you about that, because when the CDs came out, Oh, let's make a CD version. Uh, okay, hey, here's a chance we could remix it. The remix was terrible. There's about 300 CDs of that mix, which is... The the, the best one is the one that Ethan did in that one night.
1: Yeah, the one night. Yeah, we recorded our first uh, EP and mixed it all in one day. Wow, the one
0: with pee the Sailor, the... Yeah. Angelas label, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I had a no- great... That's a no great idea fucking
1: record. Border record. We but, just thought, you know, you go in in the morning and you come out and later in the afternoon with a finished album and had no idea the amount of work that went into making that stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you well, you did at that gig. Either you or Gib gave me a cassette. And it had stuff like barbecue I mean, they were, you know, it was before you did that record with Jella, but it had barbecue pope and that kind of stuff. Actually, um, that gig, it was much different version. Uh, you sang like half the tunes. Gibb did a lot of snacks. Yeah. We kind of all
1: traded off instruments, you know. Yeah. We, we just, you know, I, I think I even took a spin on the drums for a couple of songs. And and, and who was and the we drummer?
0: Were, was it was it Ray Washam then?
1: No. Okay. The, our drummer was our drummer was Scott Matthews, who's uh,
0: okay. passed away. Ah, nice guy. I remember him. And I remember the young guy on the bass, Quinn. I remember you called him Quinn the (laughs) Escalator. Oh, that was his brother? After that
1: gig, uh, Scott Matthews spent the next two weeks trying to get on that show, The Joker's Wild, that game show. Okay. (laughs) And he just abandoned us. And so we were like, we'd rented a a place to live above a carpet store on Pico Street, just south of the convention center. center No, it's uh, Pico Boulevard.
0: Pico Boulevard, uh, the Pico eh. that this guy that's named after—he was the last Mexican governor of California. Oh, they need to bring him back. Yeah, that's right. It's when the capital was Monterey. But what, what you rented? a, what was it? What kind of space?
1: Oh, it was just uh, some weird space above a carpet store. I don't uh-huh. even think it was meant to be lived in. It was horrible, and there were people crawling through our windows at night. And oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it was it was gnarly. We had to get out, and then shortly after we left there, a tornado came to town and blew the roof off of that place. Fuck,
0: a tornado—that's pretty rare here. Tornado in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's really rare. I, look, this—I uh, want to play this song, "Sex Machine." What, did Jim Brown inform this version? It's not a version, right? You know, you can't copyright a title. No, no, and I think I think it's the Sex Machine. Oh, okay. Then I've got it down wrong, I gotta correct that. Here, listen people, the sex machine from cocky bitches.
3: Thank you.
5: is the best thing on earth how you feel about that is your business i for one love the feeling everything is in a good round circle it is the most frightening thing i will travel far to see this as i have faith before god i will welcome this process i would like to see some of the other side i have been waiting for it all along for now i love my mother long hours pass during the day i do my best to keep myself alive i have learned how to live right now i am strong for her it just happens to be Alzheimer's. What little bit I can do helps a lot. Now I just count the hours. Memories are made of this. Blast of, of anger and of love. The staff at the hospice is the best. Time is more precious than money. I have learned before it is too late. It is all a great leveler. When it comes down to it, we really are all the same. Let us open up that door. I believe that we are all welcome.
0: For Pedro Show, that was Sex The Sex Machine from Cocky Bitches. Uh, from Baltimore after that with Mold Omen doing Extinction Cinema uh, number one. Uh, Joe Brewer, that second trust singer Jack Brewer's cousin, and um Madison. I just made a seven-inch with uh, Bucky Pope from Madison. Uh, remember that SST band tar babies? Great cat. Yeah! Yeah, good god lucky and uh deep freeze part 1 from the healers out of illinois and finally hand in fire cocky bitches you know that makes perfect sense on how uh because the the material on the on the cocky bitches record is pretty diverse so yeah you guys went out there and do all these jams and stuff and so yeah what would, would you call them jams Yeah. Yeah, so you're plucking out the... (laughs) I think uh, Georgie would have said, you know, uh, like kind of picking out the corn. (laughs) Yeah, that's the second harvest. (laughs) (laughs) Turds with corn in them. I think that was the name of a band we played with.
1: You're familiar with the uh, Cowiltica Indians of uh, Texas, aren't you? Well, I've heard of them. they lived out in the desert, and they would collect all their shit in a big bin. And then, when times would get tough, they would go through the bin and pick out the unscathed kernels of corn, and okay. that was their second harvest. Yeah, right. Oh shit! <laughs>
0: Waste stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like at the—I uh, heard too, like at trucker truck stops, you know, people trying to get double dip on the methamphetamine piss jugs, you know. Hey, oh, oh, <laughs> you, know, you, you talk about a Jones, right? I mean there's Jones and
3: then there's fucking Jones.
1: Yeah, I can see drinking piss for for
0: mushroom juice or something, but not for
1: meth.
0: <laughs> and there's some kind of civet cat with, with with the beans? Coffee beans? Yeah, the coffee. And you you, pl- you pluck them out of the turds. Uh
1: yeah, I think that was in a in a
0: movie, wasn't it, with uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson? Just, no, I didn't know, but it's like a hundred bucks a pounder. It's like real like spendy. Yeah, not, more money doesn't always mean better.
1: <laughs> not if you have to pull it out of a piece of shit to get to <laughs> I know. it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So. After you, pl- after you pluck the gems, you know, stay on t- target here. Uh, how long uh, d- did you kind of have to... Uh, it, was, uh, it was a matter of editing, right? You know, I'm talking a about like uh, On the Corner by Miles and that stuff where there was big jams. Did you do stuff like it that was, or did you just use that as a kernel for new uh, rehearsals or practice? There was a...
1: Usually, the only time we ever played a song was when we recorded it in a jam. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then, and after the fact, you're putting it together. Sometimes we like we'd like work on the vocals or refine them down and stuff like that. And then a lot of time was spent with me just trying to learn how to mix. I mean, mixing is freaking hard.
0: Yeah. You know what's really hard that I found is. Getting the mix to sound good, but then when you take it out of that room, it also sounds good. Well, <laughs> oh, no, yeah,
1: that's the whole Because you thing can have mixes turn. that
0: are only good for that room. So the test I use is the boat, uh, the Econo line. If it sounds good in there, it's like, whoa, maybe it'll sound good in other people's pads. Or even. It ter- gets harder than that, because you can mix it to where it sounds good in your room, and then the next morning it'll sound terrible
1: in the same room. Oh, yeah, that too. Okay, even in the same room. You so, know, your ears get worn out after a while It just, like, it doesn't work anymore. Oh, yeah,
0: beat up. Also, I think some frequencies, because we've done a lot of gigs, so those places are missing in our hearing frequency, so we kind of overmix them, boost them. Yeah, that's... Nick, yeah, that problem.
1: That, you know, I've been wearing prescription earplugs for 20 years now. Wow. Yeah, my mom was an audiologist, and she always told, demanded that I take care of my ears. Yeah. So I think I think we were opening for Pearl Jam somewhere. And their monitors were so loud that I, all of a sudden I was hearing telephones ringing everywhere all through the night, and it scared the hell out of me. So I got prescription earplugs, and, and I've been in those ever since.
0: Was it tinnitus?
1: Yeah, yeah. Roger yeah, Miller,
0: the Burma guy's yeah. got that. It's not fun.
1: So, no, no, you know, no.
0: The voices in my head, yeah. People, we're at the hey. end of the second hour, November 25, 2018, edition Wap Pedro Show, special guest, Paul Leary, the cocky bitch, this whole time for hour three. November 25th, 2018. It's the third hour of the Wap for Pedro Show. <laughs> not walk in fear one of another we will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason if we dig deep in our history and our doctrine and remember that we are not descended from fearful men not from men who feared to write to speak to associate and defend causes that were for the moment unpopular Watch for p Show. We start off the third hour with pro- Produce. Cocky bitches. Then uh, Bata Vatul Frunzella from Clunk. Banzai Universe with Should I Believe You? And G- Ghost Spiel from Sun Watchers in Eugene Chadbourne. Mr. Chadbourne. Uh, what was that band? Psychabilly, right? He used to play The, the Rake. <laughs> Electric yeah, the rake and the birdcage. And the
1: birdcage. <laughs> <the> bird <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, the birdcage would go over the head, and the door to the birdcage would slam shut over their face. Right,
0: right, right. Beautiful. Uh, uh, listeners out there, it's not just Paul with me. we also got Baroness and Sam, all, all of us together. Yes. And uh, so my voice is echoing like a motherfucker, so I want you three to talk about... Uh, how you feel about the record the mercy
1: Well you know me I have no feelings about anything
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> We're super excited to get it out and um,
0: when it come out, come out Friday
5: yeah Black Friday okay
0: and uh,
1: like a, getting, got a lot, getting a lot of good feedback
0: Really that quick that's fucking happening. Yes. What? What about? Are you going to bring it on the road? You you don't tour much anymore, Paul, right? No, it's. uh, I got tired of that crap. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, but so there's the, the, there's the, no dog and pony show f- no for this album. No. We'll, <laughs> see.
4: we'll see. We're leaving the wow. possibilities open.
0: We're okay. open to making some videos. Yeah. Oh really? God, that kind of uh, that kind of became a lost art, huh? Remember, there was a time when bands were spending more on the video than they did on the record. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know what they do. What is? Who are they? <laughs> because that
1: whole thing kind of I lied. never knew who they were. I just I, you know when we were on Capitol, I know they spent a ton of money
0: making videos. That's what I mean. That, that's oh, yeah. the what I'm talking about. Nowadays, what is I that? Think, that whole racket right it's it got all tore up by uh you know whatever it is
6: yeah, i think i think uh cold we we did like four hundred thousand dollar video like Four hundred thousand
0: dollar video
6: <laughs> crazy
1: and, and they took it all out of your share right yeah <laughs> right. we somehow we recouped that
0: god damn what what you know what a trough you know, people ask me, oh, aren't you sad about the, the, in, the decline of the industry? And I said, yeah, my heart bleeds pink lemonade. So, <laughs> you know, interesting about you talking about doing videos, because the last album the Captain did, Captain Beefheart did, I Screamed for Crow, Cliff Martinez was a drummer. He never got to do one gig. The Captain just did one video, and that was it. He never made music again. He painted now you, That's the drink? Yeah, but Paul, you still want to do music. You just don't want to do the dog and pony thing. No, I don't even want to do music. Fuck oh, okay. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be a
1: painter. That'd be blast. Really? Do, do you do any painting yourself? Yeah, I've done I've done a few, but, you know, it's. I've got a bunch of art supplies in my closet that have been sitting there for about ten years now.
5: What? we do
4: a... Some sort of a group art show together because we
5: all paint. Yeah, oh, all you artists. guys are too. Oh, wow. Doing cocky bitches art show.
0: You know, D. Boom was a painter. Joe Biza. Yeah, if you think about it. A lot of people... Uh, look, the the record's called Mercy. And I want to play the the, the title song. Uh, why did you call the record Mercy? Since I felt like whoever listened to it
1: needed mercy. <laughs>
0: For Peter Show, Last Music, Mercy, Cocky Bitches, Ego versus Ego, the Father figures. That's got Mike from uh Jody Foster Army. Yurt from Dublin with the fear of all songs. David Gerard out of Massachusetts with Bewitching Hour. And finally, Burn Baby Burn. Baroness's favorite tune. Cocky bitches. Uh what about it you know, this experience, you guys making this record together, and some young you meet young people want to get in this fucking dealio Uh, what would advice what would advice
1: law school
6: (laughs) (laughs) I don't you you play music because you love music and that's that's the thing if you don't have the passion and love for music it's like you shouldn't be doing it
0: that's good Baroness keep trying
4: keep trying and do it because you your heart's in it you want
1: to make okay okay my <laughs> advice was just be to burn your bridges because otherwise it's too easy to fall back on whatever it was right.
0: you know? <laughs> make make sure there's no plan b make sure yeah, yeah there
1: cannot be a plan b <laughs> <Okay>. yeah
0: <laughs> Okay, let's put on the hair shirts. <laughs> let's put on the fucking hair shirts. Look, it's been a great honor for me to have you guys aboard. I love this record. Is there going to be a Cocky Bitches number two?
5: Yeah. yeah we want to start working on that right away.
0: Like less mercy or more mercy? <laughs> or, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think what you guys we got going. We,
1: we may go country western on the next one. Okay. Right.
0: Where was yeah, that band? another band called the killmalls where was that band John Wayne from? Remember that album Texas Funeral? Well, I
4: thought they were from Texas because they had the Texas.
0: Song. Well, Texas Funeral, yeah. That record was so fucking funny. Yeah, it was great. Whiskey in Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, like almost uh, all the the tunes had Texas in their titles, but but just the, just the whole vibe of it, you know, as a producer in the booth and that kind of shit. Jimbo put my aunt back in the trunk. I remember we had memorized that record. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm not going to get to see you live because you all want a tour, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for the videos, and I'm going to wait for Chapter 2.
6: We may.
4: Okay. <laughs> We're leaving the possibilities open. We may convince Paul
0: yet. That would be bitching. Bring him back to California. Bring him back to uh, – you guys can come to Pedro, and uh, I'll show you around. Uh, That'd be awesome. Really, though, please keep on base, keeping on. I'm going to beautiful. play bass on something. Bass? Sure. I know a little
5: bass.
0: Yeah, we'd love to have you on bass. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm I know a little bass. <laughs> anyway, great honor to have all three of you aboard. Please keep on keeping on, but keep that keel in the water. People. It's fantastic to talk to you again after all these years. And I love you, buddy. Yeah, I love you too. Right back. People, it's been May, uh, May November 25, 2018 edition of Wife Peter Show. Special guest,
3: cocky bitches. Keep your powder dry.